And now Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based financial planning firm providing investment and planning advice since 1983. Doug is a certified financial planner who can answer your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now with your investment question at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA, Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA, Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Well, good evening, North Carolina, and this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And this is Linda Lewis, and welcome to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF. And before we get into our show tonight, we want to remind all of our listeners to give us a call. Give us a call for any financial question you have any money matter that's on your heart about your own personal financial planning, whether it be your investment planning, your estate planning, your income tax planning, your cash flow and budget planning, any planning that's on your heart, give us a call tonight. Our numbers, of course, as Linda said, are 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And of course, if you have time to go to our website, don't forget our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Well, it is so nice to be back in the saddle. Linda, <laughs> it sure reminds me. It's a different world than the Caribbean, isn't it? It certainly is. It's hard to believe that last night we were on the Caribbean on an island called Bonaire, and we were just enjoying... Uh, what a what a, what a what beautiful a, sunset. What a beautiful sunset and everything, and now... Here we are back in North Carolina. It's uh, hard to get back in the saddle again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are glad to have you back. It is the beginning of a new month. November is, of course, when people start thinking about uh, getting serious about what they're going to do this year. So if that's you, give us a call, whether you've got taxes on your mind, um, year-end strategies of any kind. That's what we're here for tonight. Give us a call. Ask your question. If you make an appointment. We would like to let you know that we're giving away a free book when you come in to see us, either The Wealthy Barber, The Middle Class Millionaire, or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. You know, I'm thinking, Linda, that no matter where you are, whether you're on a little island called Bonaire or Curacao, whether you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, where wherever you are, there are always financial planning questions, financial planning issues in front of us. And I'm reminded that as we were coming back into the States, Standing there uh, in Atlanta, Linda, do you remember that couple that was right behind us? Right. And uh, they said that uh, they had uh, had some situations in their in their world 
where they've been doing some planning and investing, but probably yeah. made some of the wrong choices. Yeah, that's what surprised me so much. Here they were coming back from having spent a week scuba diving uh, on the island of Bonaire, and we're standing there waiting in the immigration line, and lo and behold, the topic comes up, well, what do you do for a living? And I'm finding out that, uh, you know, she's a, a doctor and he is a contractor from the West, one of the Western states. And lo and behold, she tells me, I wish I had had someone that could have helped us earlier. We got some investments we thought were very good called life settlements. And, and as, as she's starting to talk, I'm realizing, wow, people really need help. I mean, how did she get into buying life settlements, which is cash value out of life insurance policies, which are a very gray area, even who knows if they're going to be regulated as investments or not? They needed financial planning. The, the need never ends. It doesn't matter whether you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, or where you're on the other side of the world, people face the same problems and they're looking for the same solutions and they need a certified financial planner. Yeah, that's the bigger thing is that this issue of financial planning is um, it's everybody's problem. It's on everybody's mind. Am I going to have enough? Am I going to make it? Are my kids going to am I going to have enough to send my kids to college? Am I going to have enough at the end of my life to maybe leave something? If You know, what's going to be left over? These questions, these things are on everybody's mind. You can be traveling. I was over the last two weeks in two other different states. And just like you say, Doug, no matter where you are, no matter what room you're in, no matter uh, what airport, no, you know, if, 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 if there's one thing that's on everybody's mind, it's money. It has to be because what they're doing has a bottom line, which is always money where they're getting the money to do it, what's the concern they have, will they be able to continue doing it the rest of their lives, and so forth. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful that more and more people are paying attention. I'm hoping that more and more... Actually, there was one young couple. We, you know, we, <laughs> it was so cute. We were in this little ice cream shop on the island of Bonaire, Linda and I, and there are four kids there. They were in their late 20s, early 30s, and they had a baby with them, a nine-month-old baby. And they came from Wisconsin. They wanted to do some scuba diving. They make good income and everything. And I'm thinking as we're talking to them, you guys have the best chance to become what we call the middle-class millionaires. Absolutely. Time. You have time. You have 20, 30 years in front of you to accumulate. If you do it right, you can go ahead and have your financial independence as your future in front of you. Yeah. And uh, I, that is the need that's out there. Now, I'm hoping that more and more of our listeners are the younger set that are coming to us looking for that future. Of course, it's very easy. When the older ones come to us, you know, either they can make it or they can't make it. Right. And right, that's simple. Right. But here's the younger, what I've got, yeah. what, you know, what you know, will last. That's but, right. But, you know, here's, here's what I am um, making now, and if I have 30 years ahead of me before my career is over, there's a lot more possibility uh, in that. Right. Well, of in course. That question. Although we were gone, yes, uh, we were gone in the Caribbean. Uh, the world didn't stop. The stock market uh, edged higher. 
For this past week, Jess's investors reacted favorably to Wednesday's Federal Reserve statement. It was the fifth straight week of gains, capping, capping off a strong October for most of the major indices. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500 Index, actually recorded their biggest monthly gains in the last four years. Hard to realize we're talking this way when only... Uh, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, and so forth. Anyway, the, ma- the rally recouped sharp declines that had been on people's minds and on their pocketbooks in August and September when the volatile equity markets fell in response to China's currency devaluations and the Fed's decision to hold off on raising interest rates. But of course, we've seen it all change in the past week. Investor concerns about the global economy have improved, bolstered, of course, by solid corporate earnings results. And so uh, here we are again looking at a rosy future in front of us. Now, with third quarter earnings in full swing, investors are going to start looking ahead to opportunities for next year, for 2016. Historically, you know, the period between November and February has always been favorable for the stock market because investors reset their expectations and anticipate growth strategies. A continuation of the better-than-expected earnings results and positive management outlooks could, I say could, spur support for stocks heading into the final two months of the year. And, of course, that's what we're looking at right now. Who knows what will occur, but things are looking very nice. Right, right. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We are uh, located in Midtown Raleigh, 32 years of excellence in financial planning. Our number is 919 USA 7000. That's 919 872 7000. You know what, Doug and Linda, I want to say this is in two of my meetings this past week, I mean, as you know, we are a financial planning firm. So there are clients who have been with us for decades. And then there's clients who come in to meet with us for the first time who will probably stay with us for decades. So in in two of these meetings that I had, they said it differently, but they said the exact same thing. They said, I've been listening to your radio show and listening to your parents and you know, for 20 years. Wow. And um, the the one man, I, I won't, for, you know, he, he said, it was so cute. He said, he said, you know, your dad just sounds so honest and authentic about what he believes that he made me believe that I could make it. And that made me almost, you know, want to write it down and engrave it on something like that's what we hope this Sunday night call-in show does for you. There are things that are out there that might be slicker, smoother, more well-produced. There might be other people who have um, people supporting their show and, and paying for advertisement. This, as the Lewis family, this is our ministry, so to speak, to listeners in the area. We want you to know that you can call in and ask any question. We are sincerely rooting for you, a person we won't meet until you walk into the door and say, exactly. hey, I've been listening to you for 20 years or 10 years, or or I'm that guy who called in and said my name was George, but my real name is Tom, you know, and, and, and we will meet you one day, but we want you to believe that you can make it. That's right. And we want well to be said, there Dubs. along the way while you're just listening. And then when you come in and you meet with us, I want you to say, I'm one of those people who inspired me. I could make it. 
And I am so happy to hear you speak that way, Deborah, because we know, those of us who are certified financial planners, that there are innumerable strategies, legal strategies that are out there help able to help the investor, the listener, achieve his goals. Of course, there are also mistakes that we are aware of that people are making. But if you can find someone like the Lewises who will go ahead and show you all the strategies that are out there and all the mistakes to avoid, then you've got the best one on your side. You've got an advisor on your team, and that is the best you can hope for. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, as we've been talking about what's happening in the market and where things are, Doug, what's new in the world of investing, investment planning? Well, I would, I guess, point to four mistakes that should be avoided right now. You know, it's been quite a run for the stock market since hitting a low in March of 2009, which of course many people still are stinging from that time. The S&P 500 has actually averaged 23% a year from March of 09 to March of 15. On the other hand, such high returns are not going to last forever. And I would say that there are four common mistakes that investors can make and how to avoid them. So I'm going to start off this evening, I think, with the mistakes. Mistake number one, don't be under-diversified. Not being diversified, a diversified portfolio of investments across different asset classes and varying objectives. So true. Diversifying gives you exposure to a spectrum of securities and industries that act as a cushion by spreading and reducing risk. While no one can predict which asset class will provide the best returns, by diversifying across asset classes, investors can often decrease fluctuations associated with a single asset class. Yeah, that is so crucial, the matter of being properly diversified. So that's that's the first mistake. And Linda, what's the second mistake? The second mistake that folks can uh, make is chasing hot investments. You know, it's more beneficial to review an investment's long-term results for five years, for 10 years or more years, than to rely on the short-term results. And this gives you a more complete picture of how the investment has fared through the different market conditions that you were just mentioning, Doug. Yeah, it's those things, those uh, market conditions that can make you quite uh, susceptible to chasing hot returns. Investors have always been better served by staying invested during all stages of the market. You know, Dalbar, Deborah, is a financial research firm that studies investor habits and patterns. And Dalbar came up with something very interesting. They pointed out that the average investor in the stock market with $100,000 over the last 20 years has gone from 100,000 to 275,000 that's the average investor but that average investor is chasing hot investments cuz he's going in and out when he wants right on the other hand the investor who has left his money invested the entire 20 years his 100,000 has gone up to 650,000 wow versus 275 that's a $380,000 difference and so this matter 
of investors staying properly diversified, mm-hmm. properly invested, and not chasing the hottest investments, that is definitely, to me, the second mistake that investors need to avoid. Yeah. I'd say the third one is not having realistic expectations. Here we see this a lot. Expecting extraordinary results year after year can lead to disappointment or worse, bad decision making. You're listening to The Lewis Family on WPTF. We've got your answers waiting for your questions tonight. So call us at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. We can help you. Call us tonight, and we're here for you. So, yes, having unrealistic expectation, another huge possible mistake that you can make. It's, a more, it's, mind, it's important that you remember that there will be some bumps in the road along the way. Investing is not smooth sailing. You may not be able to predict the market, but you can learn from history. Yeah, have we've seen, and we have seen this in the last decade, financial markets can not only go up, they can go down, they can even stay flat. Market declines are natural, but they have eventually ended. So looking at different investments and their historical averages can give you a much better perspective over time and help you assess your own tolerance for volatility. So again, third mistake, don't have unrealistic expectations. The fourth mistake that folks make is that they invest their money And they don't rebalance. So not rebalancing your portfolio is definitely a big mistake, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's because a lengthy run-up in the financial markets can knock your carefully thought-out account allocations way out of sync with your needs. So you may want to consider rebalancing your account allocations back to their intended settings. Of course, every financial planner has his own allocation we have methodology. Course, our own methodology. That's right, Deborah. At Lewis Financial Management, we are very rigidly set with our own method of keeping that balance. But you have to rebalance. You have to keep that setting being rebalanced to keep it in touch with your goals, with your time horizons, with your risk tolerance. And you need to remember that your decision to rebalance should be based on your long-term investment strategies, not on the market results of a certain day. Rebalancing isn't setting out on a new investment strategy. Rather, it's a way to stay committed to your original strategy. That's right, Doug. It's a good idea to review your asset allocations once a year. And if this is your time of the year when you start thinking about rebalancing, give us a call, 919-872-7000. That's during the week, 919-872-7000. Call us right now and you can leave us your name and number. We'll be happy to schedule your forced appointment at Lewis Financial Management to address your financial planning issues, concerns, and problems. Let's take another caller, Doug. Carol, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Question about a portfolio and a retirement question. All right. 57 and 56 years old, couple, no heirs. Okay. Okay, portfolio, probably about between about 450 to 5, made up three-fourths uh, in IRAs and 401ks. Can you see any way to package something like that so that retirement could happen now? Yes, there is a way that we can do that. Let's break down the couple so I know who's got what that we're talking about. Okay. Give me the husband. Uh, what does he have? 
120 in the 401k. 120 in the 401k. Mm-hmm. What else does he have in his name? IRA, about 30. All right, so that's about 150,000 that we've got that's over in his name so far. Huh? And of the 450 to 500, the rest of it's all in her name? She is uh, about, I would say, about 100 of hers is IRA or 401k. And uh, the rest of it is in joint stuff, you know, savings like uh, equity in a home. And oh, that doesn't count. I'm talking about money to live on. Money to live on, okay. Of that figure, I gave you then back out about 160 because that's home equity. All right. Of the of the four fifty, one hundred and sixty mm-hmm. numbers are getting a little close now. If I take yeah, I know four fifty minus uh, yeah. one hundred and sixty, two hundred ninety thousand. If all they've got to work with is two hundred ninety thousand, both qualified and non qualified monies. But is she still working? Yes. All right. So what's her income? Uh, seventy five, eighty. All right. Now then, what are the living expenses? About five grand a month. But probably could be four. Well, then we don't have a problem to have to live on. No, but they both want to retire. Oh, I see. You're saying that they're 57 years old and 56 years old. Right. She's still working and she's making about 80000 but she'd like to retire. And his retirement monies total about 150000 combined IRA and 401ks. Mm-hmm. Her retirement monies, it looked like they were about $100,000. And altogether, the whole kit and caboodle of what they have jointly and the two retirement accounts total $290,000. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Okay. You can take the entire $290,000. Uh-huh. And if we need to somehow come up with 5000 a month in income off of it. I don't think we do. I think we need. How much do we need? I think we really need thirty-five to four. All right, that's doable. We can structure an investment portfolio. Then we can go ahead and work out a systematic withdrawal payment schedule coming out of those. The people who get hurt on an annuitization program are the ultimate heirs, the children. Right, and there are none. Right. Right. The people who worked out well are the living ones because it's structured for them. And so there are a number of annuitization programs. But the first thing I'd want to do is analyze the living expenses. And if you'll call my office, I think that's probably the way that we would approach it. Okay. Tell me the name of your firm again. The name of the firm is Lewis Financial Management. Right. And the number to call in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Gotcha. Well, this has been very interesting, Carol, and uh, thank you for calling the show. All right. And if you'd like uh, further information, and we do have a living expense worksheet that I could send you in the introductory packet. Okay. Just call the office. We'll give you a call. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. Take care. You know, it's really interesting, Linda, Deborah, that uh, the the approach has to always start with the need. It really does. The living expense need is the most crucial thing. And as we were uh, uh, snorkeling uh, in Curacao, we had a couple of opportunities, I know, Linda and I, to talk to people about how they approach it. Most of our peers do not do that. Most financial planners don't really focus on starting at that point. They start with the investments. That's right. And when I would share with them how we do it, how we always at Lewis Financial Management, we always start with what are your living expense needs. Now, starting with the needs, then you can back into is what you have to work with able to fulfill 
those needs. If all these, if if all this couple has is two hundred ninety thousand dollars, if we went ahead and took out a very high withdrawal rate at seven percent, that would only be about one hundred and seventy dollars a month. Now, of course, we have to then see well, what else do they have to work with, and what can you do about the expenses? But until you have the expenses, true financial planning isn't able to start. And it's funny because true financial planning starts with everyone's question of, am I going to have enough stuff to create enough income to pay for the stuff that I need to buy later? (laughs) I mean, it really is just that simple. But you know, Doug, Linda, this is the time when everybody starts thinking about tax planning. What is new in the world of tax planning? Yes, I agree with you. Um, A lot of folks, here we are in the last, the very last uh, part of the quarter, and... uh, Tax planning, because uh, the tax man will come in April, but year-end tax strategies, what are there, Doug? Yeah, well, I'm going to point us tonight to two. There are, we've only, of course, we've only got two months left in the year, uh, and there are some tax strategies that you should consider to reduce your tax bills. Now, this assumes that you are not an investor that needs uh tax relief through higher risk tax investments, such as oil and gas, drilling investments and things like that. Those are available to certain people, but you have to have a high income and you have to be able to have the risk. All right. So tonight we're talking about strategies, not investments. Very good, Deborah. And we need to, I'm glad you brought it up that way. We need to differentiate between year end tax planning strategies, not year end tax planning investments. Of course, we do both in our office, as you know. Yes, sir. But with regard to strategies, I would say there are two year-end strategies to watch out for or to be aware of, uh, the donor-advised funds and tax loss harvesting. Now, because tax rules are largely unchanged, tactics employed last year will more than likely still be relevant. Still, there are important strategies to keep in mind. It's been an incredibly quiet few years as far as tax law. So there's not uh, not a lot right now to be worried about that's going to be different this year from last year. Uh, the first one that I would hone in on is this matter of the donor-advised funds because here we're talking about charitable giving. For clients who might have seen a big spike in their income this year due to a financial windfall like a sale of a business or an initial pop, uh, public offering or a financial portfolio that's seen a lot of appreciation... Uh, you can use the donor-advised fund. Um, donor-advised funds, for example, are a vehicle that you can tap into for making excessive charitable contributions. These funds allow you to front-load charitable contributions into one calendar year, but then pay it out over a number of years. So that sounds pretty powerful. If I wanted to make a charitable contribution to a donor-advised fund of $100,000 and do so over the time, I could get the benefit this year? Yes. Yes, you can. Clients realize the full benefit of a tax deduction in the current calendar year, and that can be helpful if there's a spike in income in 2015. So that's the first thing to uh, be aware of, the donor-advised funds. Uh, There is a second, of course, strategy, which we are doing in our office right now for most all of our clients, and we are looking at this matter of tax loss harvesting. Uh, can you explain what that is? 
Sure. Um, you know, this is the time when financial markets, you know, in a, in a year where financial markets haven't been particularly strong like this year, Linda, this proves um, a, a time, a timely uh, strategy because it allows you to take assets that have ha- incurred losses in taxable accounts and offset taxes due to gains elsewhere in the portfolio. Yeah, it's a strategy very useful in the past following bouts of market volatility because given the fact that the markets have been flat, for sure you should be picking through your investments, your mutual funds, and find the pieces that have losses and then harvest those losses. So here, if you are really active in this process, you're able to go through, see where the fund or investment has decreased, sell it, take those losses against gains, and something we'll talk about a little bit later on is whether or not those gains can actually be used against, those losses can be used against capital gains. So this is the time. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family only on 680 WPTF. If you have a question, it's 919-860-9783 and put the Lewis family to work solving your financial problems. 919-870-9783, 919-870-WPTF. A typical scenario might be where you have a, a fund that you like very much. Yes. And uh, it stayed pretty flat. Okay. But when you look at the tax value, not the value itself, but the tax, you might see, gee, there are losses here that are that have accumulated inside of this fund, and I can go ahead and sell this fund right now, Yeah. and those losses now are usable. So what do I do when I sell the fund? Because I like the fund. I move the money over to another fund that I'm going to park the money in. Now, the, law, the IRS requires that we wait 31 days before we move them back. Correct. So if I move it over to Fund B, which I also uh, am happy with, and put it over there, then 31 days I move back into the fund that I came out of, I now have a hunk of losses that are useful to me to wipe out gains elsewhere in the portfolio. So this type of strategy, Doug, it sounds like it's probably uh, one of those many things that we recommend people not do alone. Yeah, it is not. Uh, it's not easy to do on your own for sure. Plus, you mentioned a 31 day rule. I'd hate to do that and lose the losses I was trying to capture. Right, right. And of course, that's where we come in. We're, we're going through every one of our clients' portfolios right now, looking at where we've got some healthy losses that we can harvest and then uh, use them. So those are the two year-end strategies that I would bring up as far as taxes. Now, another year-end um, concern is capital gains. I yeah. mean, you and I have been spending some time going over client portfolios, um, specifically in anticipation of what's going to be announced. That's right. This is where these are the phantom gains. And this is very interesting also, because you have to understand, and I'm not sure that all of our listeners always do understand, that mutual funds are a unique Uh, A unique thing, if you will. Technically, they are a stock. You have X number of shares in a fund, just like you have X number of shares in IBM. However, this stock, this company that you call your mutual fund, is a company that holds a bunch of other companies. Mm -hmm. 
and therefore it has a special tax treatment that a regular stock doesn't have. It's a pass-through entity, which means that any taxes that are generated inside of this fund pass through to the investors. So when would that happen? Well, let's say that your fund manager throughout the year has had several stocks that he has sold at an appreciated value. Yeah, they grew. Let's say he had IBM in his portfolio and uh, it grew. Maybe it was a $10 million purchase. It grew to $12 million and he sold it for a $2 million gain. Well, your portion of his $2 million gain is going to be passed out to you when they announce it at the end of the year. And this year is different because many portfolios have declined in value. That's the fund. But because of higher than normal fund liquidations, capital gain distributions can be very high. So it's it's very tricky here. How would you feel, for example, if you got hit with a big tax bill after a year of dismal performance? Well, first thing is I wish someone would have told me that that might be coming. And that's really what we're trying to do tonight and also in our office is let people know that this is the time to know that if there's a large capital gain, it will be an, in a year where you, you might have seen a, a decrease in the value of that underlying investment. But more than that, what can you do? Well, as an advisor, I'm taking the opportunity to be proactive and warning what to expect. The first thing we can do is you determine which funds are estimating their high capital gain distributions. Now, this is not Wall Street Journal headline news, but they do announce them generally. And we are watching funds already give reports to us about what approximate capital gains are going to be posted. Then the second thing is determine the alternative mutual fund to substitute for the high distributing fund prior to the posting. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you have financial questions, then call us now. We have open lines just for you. 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. After determining which funds have capital cap high have high capital gain distributions coming and determining where's your alternate fund to be, then you need to determine if you hold material positions in the high distributing fund. Then the fourth thing is you sell and replace the shares of the high distributing fund in cases where the savings are significant. Now, this does necessitate determining the savings from lowering the dividend recognition net of potential gains. But uh, it is. It's not something that you try to do on your own. Yeah, that's really the the first thing that comes to mind is this sounds like a good idea, Doug, but it sounds like a lot of work. So how does someone begin? I guess the first thing that I would say is give us a call. You can't do this best on your own. You're going to, you know, unfortunately, there is no central automated database for this information. So instead of feeling like this is an opportunity that passed you in um, how to control capital gains or what to do with them this year, give us a call at 919-872-7000. This is what we do and are helping our clients do at Lewis Financial Management. Yeah, it's always tough to find out that my my mutual fund dropped 
from 100000 to 90000 And at the same time, I got noticed that I had a $15,000 capital gain to pay taxes on. <laughs> right. Uh, what? But, right. But the that good didn't news, show yeah. on the statement. <laughs> well, but the good news is that actually, in most cases, you've gotten until the last week of the year to do this. We are actively looking at every one of our clients' portfolios. If you're out there and you're not one of our clients, call us, become one of our clients, and we will be here to help you. Of course, you can go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. You can call our office, 919-872-7000, and schedule an appointment. You know, that's why we're different at Lewis Financial Management in Raleigh. That's right. Excellence in financial planning, 32 years we've been practicing here in the Triangle. And if this, if what we've been talking about sounds like an issue or a concern that you have about your portfolio. Maybe you just recently got your third quarter uh, statements. Right. And you have questions. Well, what we do at our firm, we do comprehensive financial planning. And we try to simplify all these matters for you so that you can sleep well, that you can understand what is going on in your portfolio with the assets that you've accumulated And we make a plan for you to reach your goals, whether the goals are retirement, whether the goals are accumulating, whether the goals are simplifying. And for some folks who have worked diligently over their lifetime and accumulated and they haven't drawn up a will yet, or maybe they need a revocable living trust because they just inherited a farm and a business. So if your situation is complicated or maybe it's simple, call us at Lewis Financial Management and we would love to help you analyze your situation, sort out what's confusing. That's right. And get you on track. That's right. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, answering all of your money matters. Let's take the next caller. Hi, Tracy. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you? Hi, Doug. When you're ready to make a, an initial investment in a mutual fund, once you've made your selection after your research or whatever, um, should that be done as a one lump sum payment or um, should it be done in increments? I'm a strong promoter of dollar cost averaging. When we set up a monthly draft from your paycheck or a monthly draft from your checking account to, to have it go in on increments because then you t- have the advantage of maybe the market falling real strong one month and you buy more shares. But then the other side of the coin is if I think that I was going to do it over, let's say, a 10-month period. If I think that that fund is going to be higher 10 months from now, then I'd have been better off putting the whole thing in now the first month. When you pick your fund, analyze the worst that's happened. Go back and find the, the, the worst period of time uh, and see what the drawdown was. Then play it that way and see how long it would have taken you to recoup and go for the lump. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that's the way that I would approach it. Also, make sure that the mutual fund you choose has the same managers today that uh, that it happened at the period that you're testing for. If you'd like to call the office, I'll be happy to send you some information. That number in Raleigh is 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Great. Well, thank you very much. You're All sure right, welcome. Take care. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're answering your calls on 680 WPTF Open Lines. So if you've got a question, call us at 860-9783. If you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979.
Cellular caller star 680. Well, we've talked about tax planning. We've talked about investment planning. Deborah, what's new in the world of retirement planning? Well, you know, I get a lot of questions about stretch IRAs. And the first question is usually, well, what is a stretch IRA? The stretch IRA isn't really a savings vehicle. It's an estate planning strategy for extending the life of an IRA. Now, say that again, Deb. Sure. (laughs) It's an estate planning strategy for extending the life of an IRA across multiple generations. And this is enabled by the IRS interpretation of the tax code. See, the code and the rule permits non-spousal inheritors of an IRA to continue sheltering the assets from taxation indefinitely aside from the required minimum distributions, which would then be based on their own life expectancy. Yeah, it's a little tricky to understand, and it shocks people sometimes when they come into our office and they say, well, my IRA, now that I've retired and rolled my 401k into it and everything, is worth a million dollars. If I die, how much tax is it going to cost my wife to inherit it? And I tell her, oh, it costs her nothing. It immediately can be rolled straight into her IRA tax-free, and there's zero tax. And they say, well, that's that sounds really wonderful news. What about when she dies and it goes to my kids? And I tell them, well, the kids will probably have to pay about a half a million dollars in taxes on that one million dollars. Right. Might be only four hundred thousand. Might only be four hundred or four hundred and sixty thousand <laughs> of on that million dollars. And they're shocked right. because the Internal Revenue Service allows the rollover to be tax-free as long as there is a spouse. Spouse. But if there is a non-spouse, meaning a child or a trust or any other entity, that's when you come up to the IRS gotcha because these monies have never been taxed. However, as long as they can stay in that IRA, they're continuing to grow in a tax-free environment. So now enter the stretch IRA, which has been practiced Uh, as a means of saying, well, the children don't want to inherit it. They want to leave it in the name of their mom, in my case, but they'd like it to be paid out because it has to be paid out instead of in a lump sum and pay that half million or that $400,000 in taxes. They'd like to go ahead and pay it out over in little teeny bits over their whole lifetime, leaving the bulk of it protected. And that's why they call it a stretch IRA. It is perfectly legal. It's one of those things that is right there, allowed in the code and so forth. However, I would say that the stretch IRA is on its last legs. The phase out has been attached to every recent tax bill. They, 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 you right. know, they, a lot of discussion. Well, and, and there's it, a lot of attempt to get rid of it. Right now, we're still using it in our office. It will, uh, and it's a very, it's a very um, uh, powerful, powerful strategy. It is exactly, but uh, it won't be around forever. So I agree. Uh, that's the newest news in stretch IRAs. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us with your questions on the open lines, 
That number to call is 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And if you have questions about your IRA and you're ready to get a second opinion or uh, you're ready to have an appointment, if you schedule an appointment this week, you will receive, when you come to your appointment, one of three books. That's uh, The Wealthy Barber or... uh, Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth, and... Of course, we are also Middle Class Millionaire. Exactly. Middle Class Millionaire. We have enjoyed giving copies of those books to all of the new clients this year. So it will be our joy to give you your copy of either Middle Class Millionaire, Wealthy Barber, or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. Now, Deborah, you mentioned earlier in the show that you were recently out of town. I believe you went yes. to Colorado for a special... Uh, educational session on social security strategies. Yes. So there was a class that was offered on just social security strategies because this has become a very big part of what many people are counting on as retirement income. So because social security is one of those uh, fundamental building blocks, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that you that you need to know. One of the strategies is this file and suspend. And file and suspend is a variation on a more straightforward strategy of delaying filing to earn a higher monthly benefit down the road. So if you haven't heard about it, call us um, and we can you know tell you more about it. But if you have, here's some things. Um, but you just haven't known where to go for more information, call us during the week. But here in a nutshell, it mainly permits married couples to have their cake and eat it too. Let's get three years dates in mind. Oh, good call, Doug. Yes. The first is age 62. 62. This is the first time that you are legally able to start getting your Social Security check. It's called early Social Security. That's right. Then the second age is called full full retirement age. They use the acronym FRA, but that is about 66 years old, depending on what your birth year is. Correct. And then the third date is 70, age 70. Each one of these ages gives you a higher social security check for the rest of your life. Right. Okay, Debs, now go ahead and tell us what you learned about this file and suspend strategy. Okay. So one of these more um, used but lesser known strategies are are the file and suspend. Now, the ability to file and suspend was granted under the Senior Citizens Freedom to Work Act of 2000. So it's only 15 years old. How valuable is it? Well, for a typical couple... Lifetime benefits can increase 13% or more, but that comes at a cost to the Social Security Trust Fund, and that's about $9 billion annually. Ooh, I guess that's why the White House is proposing to end file and suspend in the uh, budget for 2015, calling it what I think I read somewhere they call it an aggressive Social Security claiming strategy that only allows upper income beneficiaries to manipulate the timing of their Social Security benefits to maximize delaying their credits. Exactly. Yes, sir. That's why this is being brought up to be taken away. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what does happen, here is what this file and suspend does. There are several ways to use file and suspend, but here's the most typical. First, 
the spouse with the higher benefit files at his or her full retirement age. So let's say the husband here. The husband files at his full retirement age. Well, I like the way mom said it earlier. She said the wife who was a professor, but okay. (laughs) 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 All right. Then immediately he files a notice to suspend payment of those benefits. That permits the spouse, her, with a lower PIA. This is something you'll hear about. It's the lower primary insurance amount allows her to file for a spousal benefit, which is equal to half the higher earner's benefit. All right, so let's use a hypothetical example. Yeah, let's pause. Okay, exactly. Okay, so So let's say he, at his full retirement age of 65, gets $2,000 a month Social Security. Yes, sir. He immediately files for his $2,000 a month and then immediately suspends it and says, stop. That's right. He says, I'm qualified for it, but I don't want to take it yet. But the fact that he is qualified for it and files for it then she immediately has the right to get half of his and start it right then, which is a thousand a month. She has the right to go and say, I would like to okay. uh, receive one half of his benefit. Okay. All right. So, so that's our scenario. That gets some income flowing into the household while the higher earner continues to accrue higher benefits. The higher earner can wait until age 70 to begin those benefits. So now maybe he's going to start getting, let's say, 2500 a month. Correct. The lower earner le- then converts his or her own full benefit. Which might be 2000 now. Right. So while she was taking half of his 2000 when he filed and suspended, she is now able to take her full benefit, which might be a loan and on her own 2000 The lower earner can convert the full benefits only by waiting until this full retirement age uh, to file for a spousal benefit. So, so the couple receives higher individual benefits for the rest of their lives. If the husband dies first, of course, which is usually the case, the widow then converts to a survivor benefit, which now is equal to the higher of 100% of his correct, or hers. And if his was higher, correct. now she moves up higher again. Right. Right. Wow. A clamp down on all this file and suspend, though, could be wrapped in a broader Social Security reform package. You know, whenever Congress gets around to making these changes, it probably would be used to offset the cost of increasing the minimum Social Security benefit for low income beneficiaries. But any reform is likely to be phased in with some advance warning. All of this to say, this is a technique. It's not a long-term technique. It's not a way to build financial planning around it, but it could be used to allow you to increase an an income stream that could be reverted back into an investment. Well, that's what I was going to say, Deborah. That's the way we use it in our office. It's not more money to go ahead and just blow. But it's a wise use of that money. If you file and suspend and take that uh, the suspended amount, take the half of the widow and then I mean of the of the spouse and then invest that. Now, That's right. Now That's you're really right. getting some bang for your buck and you're accumulating in a wise way towards your. And Doug, I'll say, you know, it all comes back to what you began the show with. When you have time on your side yes. and you've just added another four to maybe six, eight years that you can invest that money, let's say it was $1,000 a month, you have a way to extend your your lifetime of investing. You're not 22. You're 62 and you're thinking about this question. But if you had four years to invest $1,000 a month, you can create another pay yourself first 
investment plan. Wow. And it's even late in life. That's right. So, you know, and just in general, Doug, we always try and remind people, you know, about the benefit of pay yourself first. And, and, and we can look back over 10 years and in those past 10 years was 2008, the worst you know, uh, time on record. And yet if you had a good active money manager on any of those mutual funds, you, you know, if, well, I mean, let's just do some quick math. If you invested a thousand dollars a month over the past 10 years, That'd be one hundred twenty thousand dollars invested, and let's say you were lucky enough to earn, you know, let's seven, say seven, seven, seven and a half percent. All right, you know, you, you, you would have made. What would have happened? And this then? is a hypothetical. Yeah, what would have happened if hypothetically you had put in a thousand dollars a month, uh huh, and you had gotten seven and a half percent along the way, up and down, but that's the average you would have gotten. Then how much would that thousand dollars a month be worth today? One hundred seventy-five thousand, and that's what, including the worst year on record. But good active money management, is not ETFs or not index pa- or anything passive. You want to beat the market. Yeah, I think it's all a matter of how to do your planning. There is no one size fits all. There's no one strategy goes the right for everybody. There's always something out there that's unique to you and for your situation. And I'm really happy that uh, uh, that our listeners are coming to us. Younger these days, they Deborah. really are more and more in their forties. Yeah, that's really it's encur- really impressive. That's encouraging. That you know, means that's thirty years until retirement. Well, that means that the younger yes. uh, uh, age group are interested in achieving financial independence. You don't have to have uh, a huge amount of money. You just have to have the proper asset allocation, the proper financial planning advice, the proper tools, and then exactly it can happen for you. And the lights go on. And, and you find your way. Like yeah. you said at the beginning of the show, Deb, you, you can really make it. And I want to just say that I am so proud of you, Deborah. Oh, thanks. You definitely have your dad's DNA. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks. Well, you know, you said it best, Wise though. and pretty. <laughs> oh, thank you. We just, you know, we really do hope that every one of our listeners ends up being someone who walks into our door one day saying, wow, we've been listening to you guys, and we know that you made it possible because we were there, you know, just a voice on the, on the radio, but gave you ideas on how you could, you know, let's look back tonight, how you could capture losses, harvest losses at the year end, uh, pay attention to capital avoiding, gains. Avoiding taxes. phantom yeah. capital gains. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, paying attention to mistakes to not make in your own portfolio, listening to other callers' experience and what they have um, called and asked us. These are all things dollar that cost dollar averaging cost averaging or lump sum yeah, investing. Exactly. And think of the topics that we never even got to tonight. Think of charitable trust. Think of avoiding any taxes on selling real estate. Right. Think of all the things that are the quivers in our, I mean, the arrows in our quiver right. that we love to apply to your specific situation. And Linda, what is it that you always say? Write down your questions. If you're listening, if you've been listening, and, and, and you, you know, these things, just they bother you because you know you haven't addressed the issues. And maybe one of the, one of the spouses isn't uh, as agreeable. But work with a certified financial planner and call us. We'll be happy to work with you and lead you to financial independence. Don't forget, your money matters because your financial future is at stake.
listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com. And listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.